Welcome to the Click for More Customers podcast. Your host is Ted Prodromo, best-selling author of The Ultimate Guide to LinkedIn for Business and Ultimate Guide to Twitter for Business. Ted is recognized as America's leading LinkedIn coach, helping you grow your business while living the life of your dreams. Welcome, everybody. It's Ted Pedromo, and this is Social Selling Television. I forgot the name of my show. Social Selling Television. We usually do it on Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, but I'll be traveling tomorrow, so our guest today was gracious enough to come on a day early. So, And before I introduce our guest, I just want to kind of talk about, I met Kevin, actually. We just talked about this through a friend, Gary Barnes. He virtually introduced us when Gary found out I was a LinkedIn guy. Do you know Kevin? And I said, no, I don't know Kevin. So he virtually introduced us a couple of years ago and it changed my life because, you know, there's so much negativity going on in the world. There's so many crazy things going on. If you watch the news, it just depresses you. Kevin Knebel is like the most positive person. I follow him on Facebook, I follow him on Twitter, everywhere on social media. He's just a beam of just a ray of light, just positive, a wonderful person. He's always helping people. He's always giving, 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 and he expects nothing in return. And boy, if we all just did one-tenth of what Kevin does, the world would be such a better place. But, you know, just focus on these people like that. Don't focus on the news. Focus on the positive people like Kevin, and it just changes your life. So, Kevin, I'm really honored to have you as a guest today. What an extremely gracious introduction. Thank you, Ted. It's it's wonderful to be here with you. I wish we were in the same place, sitting there drinking a cup of coffee or a Merlot, but it's great to get together with you through the wonder of technology. So um, thank you so much. You're a very kind man. Yeah, so share a little about how you got into this social media thing. Um, prior to becoming an international speaker, I was in sales. Um, what I used to do for a living many years ago was I was actually a piano player in New York City, completely different line of work, and um, ended up marrying a woman who booked me to play piano at her wedding to another man. That's a conversation for another time. <laughs> and I um, figured out that late nights in smoky bars wasn't going to cut it in a family life, and I, I got into sales, which a sex change would have been more in my comfort zone. Okay, um, And I had some good mentors who taught me that long-term success in business and sales really comes down to the ability to create, nurture, and deepen relationships. And I took that to heart. And um, I went from never having sold a thing in my life to a couple of years later, I was the top salesperson in the world for an international consulting company in 15 countries. And then I went from there and I continued to be the top salesperson at a couple of other companies. So I, I had a very um, successful sales career. And then in 2003, um, I got on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, as you know, Ted, launched on Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May, 2003. So we're coming up on 13 years. And through dumb luck, I got on LinkedIn in July of 2003. And I've never been a computer guy. I'm still not really a computer guy. Um, and I just said to myself, why don't I just try and do online some of the things that have really worked well for me offline? And basically, that's networking. And, and uh, I started playing around with LinkedIn and used it really successfully in my sales efforts. And then I got a call one day from a CEO because I was typically selling to CEOs. And the gentleman said, Kevin, would you come in and train my salespeople how to sell the way you do and teach them that LinkedIn thing? And I said, I'm, I'm not a sales trainer. And he said, I'll pay you. And I said, I guess I'm a sales trainer. So, yeah. so, <laughs> so that's how it all started. And then within a couple of years, um, I was getting so many requests to, to do that kind of thing that I left my sales job. And um, now for years and years now, I'm, I'm, I've been so blessed. I speak in about one city per week somewhere around the world. I was in London a couple weeks ago. And, you know, so I, I, I speak all around the world. And um, that's kind of what I do. Does that help, Ted? That helps a lot. It's, I just love watching you interact with people on social media. The, the thing that you're, sets you apart is you actually have conversations with people on social media. And it's not about selling. It's about getting to know them. Hey, do you need any help? Whatever. It's just give, give, give. I love it. Yeah. Well, can I make a comment on that? Sure. 
Um, when I got into sales back when the earth was cooling in um, 1992, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty simple thinker. I, you know, I don't claim to be the brightest candle on the cake, um, but, but I, I tend to see the world simply. And, and I used to think that that was actually a, a, a liability, and I've come to realize that it's an asset. And um, so when I got into sales, I started noticing that, and this is going to sound ridiculously simple when I say this, that I never closed a sale, I never brought on a client, I never went on a date. Now we're not even talking about sales now. I never, um, I never created a relationship with another human being. I never closed a sale without first a conversation taking place. Mm -hmm. Now, as obvious as that sounds, this eludes most people. So I, I, I started to notice that if I was going to sell something to somebody. We'll talk about sales for a second. If I was going to sell something to some somebody, excuse me, no matter how good my sales skills were, and no matter how good my product knowledge was, and no matter how, no matter how much the other person could benefit from buying my product or service, none of that was ever going to happen without a conversation first taking place. Right. So I keep things simple. So I always tell people I'm in the conversation and relationship business and so are you, but more than likely you just don't realize it and I do. Now I'm not saying that to be a jerk or mean, but I'm trying to wake people up to the fact that I don't care how good you are at what you do. If you can't create a conversation with your best prospects, clients, networking partners and strategic alliances, you're basically Tom Hanks on an island somewhere with a volleyball named Wilson. So, so everything I do is rooted in what you mentioned. It's rooted in creating, nurturing, and deepening conversations. So that's all I do. And I just do it online. I do it offline. I'm in the conversation business. A lot of times when I engage in conversations with people, money shows up. Not always, but that's okay. If I have enough conversations going with enough people, money's going to show up somewhere. Does, does that kind of make sense, Ted? Oh, yeah. It's, I, mean, I used to go to BNI. We would meet every Friday from seven to nine in the morning and there was 45 of us and we would go in and share leads. It wasn't really conversations. It was more, I didn't go there to buy. I was going there to sell my services basically. Yeah. And people, but you, were, just, but, you were, but you were never going to have the opportunity to sell your service if they couldn't pick you out of a lineup. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so you had to create some kind of a relationship. And again, this is ridiculously simple what I'm saying, but it's profound in its implications. You were never going to create a, re a relationship without first having a conversation. Right. And that's what's good about BNI because they teach you givers gain. Right. Go in and give, give, give referrals and everything will come back to you in yeah. multiples. And it well, does. And, and what you're kind of touching on there is what I call my pay it forward business mentality. Mm -hmm. so, so, and you kindly kind of reference that in your introduction of me, that everything I do is rooted in paying it forward. That doesn't mean that I'm a doormat. It doesn't mean that I'm Mother Teresa or Gandhi. Um, it just means that I approach. Well, can I tell you why I adopted that philosophy? Yeah, I'd love to hear the story. Well, just, just like I figured out a long time ago that I was never going to have a relationship with somebody without starting a conversation. I also noticed that the likelihood of me transacting business and I'm saying it that way intentionally. I'm not saying selling something because it could be any of a number of different things. Mm -hmm. The likelihood of me actually getting into some kind of a business relationship with another human being. I started noticing that the likelihood of that massively increased when I offered to pay it forward. So I always jokingly tell my audiences, if, if, if I don't know Ted, if I don't know you, and I identify you as somebody that I want to create a relationship with. And for the people watching this video, when I use the words create a relationship with, you can read that any way you want to read that. Sell to, network with, doesn't matter to me. Okay? Right. If I want to create a relationship with you, I have to get your attention. Yep. And, in this, and in this busy Mach 5 with our hairline on fire world, it's getting harder and harder to grab people's attention. So I figured out that there was pretty much three ways that I can pretty much guarantee I'd get your attention. But ways number one and way number two don't work so well. So okay. I'm originally from New Jersey. So way number one was if I wanted to get Ted's attention, I could threaten his family. Okay. 
But that doesn't work so well because if I threaten your family, you're not going to like me and you're probably not going to buy from me and you're probably not going to do business with me. So way number one, you know, that doesn't work so well. Way number two, if I want to get your attention, is if I can show up at your office with a bag full of $20 bills. Okay. But that's probably not going to happen either. I'm not going to go to the bank and take out a bunch of money and go to your office. So that's probably not going to happen. But way number three works really, really well. So way number three, I said, well, if I offer Ted something that he would see value in, and, and I don't mean a thinly veiled sales pitch, it's not about me. If I offer you something that you would see value in, yeah. the likelihood of you engaging in a conversation with me is exponentially higher than the likelihood of you trying of you engaging in a conversation with me if I try to approach you, excuse me, with some thinly veiled or not so thinly veiled sales pitch. Right. Now, as simple as what I'm saying is, a lot of people fundamentally have a challenge with this because they don't look at the world in the way that they're willing to pay it forward. Yeah. They look yeah. at they look at the world as a limited sum game where I have to screw you before you screw me or you know everybody's out to get me and all this other stuff. And I don't look at the world that way. I look at the world as most people are nice people. We've all met some walking brain donors. Yeah. But most people are nice. So I, I offer to pay it forward, and then I find that people like that, and that engages them in conversation, and I and I do pay it forward with them, and then I also find that a lot of the people that I start a conversation or a relationship that way with end up doing business with me. Um, so it's not about manipulation or anything like that. It's just it's it's almost fundamentally a different way of conducting business. Um, what's what's, what's about you that I notice? You pay it forward, but you do it in a genuine way. For some people, it's thinly veiled. <laughs> because you can, some people, you like to use car sales and they shake your hand and you're like, ooh. <laughs> you are genuinely giving for, giving, paying it forward. Well, that's, that's what I appreciate about you so much. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, I think in a more and more interconnected, over-caffeinated, hyper-competitive Mach 5 with your receding hairline on fire, crackberry, blackberry world, it's becoming harder and harder to be duplicitous, which is a $5 word for lying, okay? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people in business who are a certain way in business, but they're really not that way in their life. And there's a word for that, that's called schizophrenia, okay? Um, I just figured out that if I just do the right thing and I try to help people, as, as Pollyanna and pie in the sky and Mayberry as this sounds, I started figuring out that when I was just showing up and being nice and trying to help people, good things happen. Not always, we still get our teeth kicked in by life and we still get our heart broken every once in a while. But when we kind of, you know, business has a karma to it. Yeah, definitely. And, and karma is not a bitch unless you are, right? right. That, doesn't, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything is going to be a light, you know, a bed of roses and all this. No, everybody still has crap in their life. But one of the beautiful things about social media, and you know this, Ted, because you write books on it, is that we all leave kind of a social footprint and breadcrumbs behind us. Yeah. And when we do the right thing, the word we use now is what? Social proof? Well, what we used to call that before Al Gore invented the internet was called reputation. Right, <laughs> yep. But now, when we do the right thing, what goes around comes around. So, and it's easier for people to see, right? Like, like they can look at the, the recommendations on your LinkedIn profile. Right. They, they can look at the comments on your Facebook feed. They could see people saying nice things about you on Twitter. So. Actually, I think it's, it, it always strikes me as funny that more people don't do what I do because it's so simple. When you do, you do the right thing and you pay it forward, people kind of hear about it. Not because I'm bragging about it. It's not like I'm saying, hey, folks, you know, all these people love me because, you know, I, I'm just saying you can't help it, right? You do good things, the word gets out. Yes. Right? It goes viral. What amazing. It's like, like Joel Cobb says, do good things. Exactly. Right? 
and just focus on do good things and great things happen to you. Yeah. Amen. You had something, you posted something a week or two ago, a couple weeks ago on Facebook. Yep. Where you're just putting all this great stuff out there. You have free coaching Fridays. You have free webinars. Last night you had one on LinkedIn. So you're giving all this great information and somebody sent you an angry letter and you're completely transparent. That's what I love because you just put it out there say, okay, you know, I have my ups and downs in life, but look at this guy who sent me this letter. That was amazing. That, that poor soul. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're calling you a fraud and you never help anybody. You never give anything away. It's like, really? This guy's got a whole different set of goggles on because... <laughs> Well, yeah. Um, who's the bigger fool? The fool or the person that argues with the fool? Right. So when that person sent me that letter, and that was actually, it was a very creepy situation. Um, you know, I didn't get into a back and forth. Well, first off, it was an anonymous letter. So they were a coward. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, so the only way actually that I could interact with that anonymous person was actually to post it on my Facebook wall. Because mm -hmm. that was the only way, literally the only way that I knew that they would see that I had received their letter. Because there was no return address, there was no name on it. So I posted it on my Facebook wall and I responded to them publicly. And basically, you know, you saw what I said. I didn't say, hey, you idiot. I just said, oh, you know, thank you for your letter. Um, there's plenty of social proof to the to the contrary on every point that you made in the letter and I wish you nothing but love and um, you know and I think you know what's that old saying kill them with kindness yeah right and I really but but I'm not trying to kill them I really do feel for them because not to, I, uh, you know I'm going to sound like a psychologist or Dr. Phil here for a few seconds but that person's letter to me it wasn't about me no not at all it was about their internal pain. Yeah. And and I was a convenient outlet. And because I'm so grounded in my own innate well-being, and I'm not saying that I'm some enlightened Buddha walking around through life in bliss, but because I'm pretty comfortable with who I am, when I get a letter like that, it doesn't throw me off my game. It's just like, you know, it, it's it, did I like getting the letter? No, but it didn't shake me. It's like, you know, this poor person, I feel sorry for them that they took the time to write out this crazy letter and send it to me. They must be going through some kind of horrible pain. And, yeah. and I, I wish them nothing but love. See, that's so, an example of how you are looking to help them even when they say, you see, you see that they've got something, some big thing in their life going on. And it's not about me. And, and actually, if you think about it, their letter ended up doing exactly the opposite of what they intended the letter to do. Yeah. Because when I posted the letter, that made people like me even more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which, which was their number one complaint to begin with. Right? You had hundreds of comments on that. Oh, oh, it was crazy. And 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 but that wasn't my goal. It wasn't like, you know, well, this is gonna make people like me more. But I think it's ironic that what the person intended to happen with the nasty letter actually did exactly the opposite of what they were desiring as an outcome. I think a lot of companies need to do that. Like when they have some major thing come up, some companies take it head on and they address it right away immediately. They're totally transparent. Other companies try to just brush it away. Like, yeah. Well, that didn't really happen to us. Well, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, that in a more and more transparent world, it's, it's becoming hard, harder and harder to hide things. Yeah. So why hide it? Why not, why not take every situation as a potential opportunity for growth, right? Yeah. Now, as crazy as this, like some people will probably be listening to me right now and saying, this guy's lost it. Well, when, when people see that you're really transparent and you're trying to do the right thing, people tend to like that. Yeah. And all things being equal, people do business with and refer business to people who they know, like, and trust. Well, just being transparent and honest really leads to a lot of no like trust. Yes. So the irony is that, and, and, I, and I find it so funny, but maybe it's just because I'm a twisted individual. I, I, think, I think that just, it's never, some people will hear what I'm about to say and say, man, he's completely wrong, but I'm not. I don't think that there's ever been an easier time to do business. 
Now, some people would hear that and say, well, Kevin, the economy this and, well, you know, forget all those external factors. You and I have no control over any of that. Right. But we have total control over doing the right thing, paying it forward. And we have now all of this social proof to show that we do the right thing and we pay it forward. Yes. And that leads to, I always say, you know, if you're good at what you do and you care about people, you are a mosquito in a nudist colony of opportunity. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, when you, but when you don't do the right thing and you look at the world like, I got to screw you before you screw me, and, and you do all the stupid things that you do because you live in the scarcity mentality. Yes. Well, then life becomes hard. And it becomes hard to get clients and you and and you see it just look around to society right you and i we're blessed that people call us and email us and say how do we work with you how do we hire you come speak at our conference train our organization because we've built some karma yeah right? and and man oh man what a blessing that is you know you're just basically answering the phone and answering emails could you come speak here and we'll pay you a lot of money all right twist my arm right so right um but that kind of thing doesn't happen because you're running around screwing people. Yes. <laughs> well, it's kind of what the NLP thing is. You're either moving away from pain or moving towards a better life. Pleasure. Right. I like moving towards. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a moving towards kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we all have our ups and downs. And you just, I love the way you start every day with gratitude. Can you tell me, tell people about that? Um, yeah, sure. Well, um, when I wake up in the morning, I'm originally from New Jersey, so any morning that I wake up without a chalk line around my body is a good day. Um, <laughs> so when I get up in the morning, um, the first thing I do is I, I look at the ceiling and I go, oh, okay, I'm alive, that's good, that's a good start. Um, I jump out of bed, there's no chalk line, and then I say, you know what, I know that my success and we can define that any way we want to define that. We can define it with money. We can define it with relationships. We can define it any way we want. I know that my success is almost 100% contingent on my ability to deliver value to people. Mm -hmm. And I know that my ability to deliver value to people is almost 100% contingent upon my mindset. So I immediately thank God for another day of life, which might sound weird to your listeners. I don't care. Sounds weird. I'm, I'll tell you up front. I'm weird. Okay. Um, so I, I, I'm, I, I don't take a lot of things for granted. I don't take the fact that I'm alive for another day for granted because there's a lot of people that didn't wake up today. And I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm just saying that we, we take things way too much for granted in life, especially in America. I mean, yes. we're so unbelievably blessed. It's mind-boggling, um, but I don't take it for granted. So I get up every day and, and I, I, I give thanks. I, I thank God for another day of living, and um, I give thanks for the little things. And I, and I tend to keep my focus on gratitude. And I don't even want to say it that way because it makes it sound like that it's some kind of mind technique, but it's not a mind technique. No. No. I'm just... I just am cognizant of the fact that I'm very blessed. That's awesome. And I'm not afraid to say it publicly. Because I, 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 I figured out a long time ago, you know, somebody else's opinion of me is, is none of my business. Yeah. Focus on those little things in life and just just do good. That's all I can do. So I, so I give thanks. I give thanks for almost everything. Yeah. Does that mean that my life's perfect? No. I got crap in my life like everybody does. Right. But I even give thanks for the crap. Mm -hmm. Because I figure, you know what? It's better than being dead. <laughs> well, it's there to learn from, too, if you got stuff in there. Exactly. It's all, it's all, it's all how we look at it. And so I, I, I do, I am, um, I'm very grateful for the blessings in my life and I'm very grateful for the crap in my life. And I'm, and I, I guess I tend to be somewhat vocal about it. Yeah. For some people that's a turn on for some people it's a turn off for people that I turn off. I guess they're the people I shouldn't work with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Could it be any simpler than that? Exactly. Right. 
people people come to me, Kevin. How do I get everybody to like me? Um, don't don't. <laughs> no, you put stuff on Facebook that you just you put it right at the up front. Okay, start the hate mail. I'm gonna post this political thing or whatever, and you you put yeah, it out there. I, I've kind of I've kind of tamed that down a little bit, but but the political stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sometimes you see me use the words thanks thanks in advance for your um. Uh, you're unlike, you're unfriending, and you're, you know, I, no, what is it? I say, I look forward to your cards, letters, and unfriending, right? Yep. So I'm, I'm letting people know, hey, if this is a challenge for you, I'm totally fine with you unfriending me. Right. That freaks a lot of people out because they're like, aren't you supposed to be trying to get more likes and more followers? And this isn't a popularity contest. <laughs> Well, people think it, are, it is. Well, they think that's because they still think that they're in grade school. Right. And and so for me, I don't look at the world as a limited sum game. For me, it's just like the people that I'm supposed to work with, they're going to show up in my life. And the people that I'm not supposed to work with, they're not going to show up in my life. Right. This is easy. This isn't complex math. But it's complex math for a lot of people because they've been because we've been trained innocently in our society that you know, that it's a limited sum game and there's only so many prospects out and all this other BS. So you got to like, steal I, from your competitors and you got to get that sale. And we're, we're mosquitoes in a nudist colony of opportunity. Yes. Right? There's more business for, than any of us could ever handle if we approach the marketplace from the mentality of pay it forward. Yeah. Do the right thing. When, the irony is when we do that, we will never run out of business. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I've interviewed so many quote unquote LinkedIn experts and people say, why are you interviewing your competitors? They go, we're not competitors, we're friends. I don't have competitors. Dan Kennedy said, the pie is big enough for everybody. Don't fight over it, work together. Which actually, and this, you know, this is was kind of a philosophical conversation we're having, but I'm enjoying it. Hopefully your, your listeners and your, your, your viewers are enjoying it. I shifted from the from the mentality of competition a long time ago. So I don't even when I was in sales, even when I was in corporate sales, I didn't look at the world from a competitive. I wasn't naive. Obviously, there's other companies out there that were doing the kind of things that I was selling. I'm not, you know, ignoring that. But there's no other Kevin Knebel out there. There's no. no there's no other Ted out there, right? So. You know, what you and I deliver to the marketplace and what everybody who's watching this video needs to understand if they don't fully understand this yet is your competitive advantage is not your features and benefits in your product or service. Your competitive advantage is you. Yeah. It's, it's you. People buy you. I, if I want to learn about LinkedIn, I don't have to spend a dime. I can go on YouTube, type in LinkedIn, and I can watch LinkedIn training videos for the rest of my life. Yes, you could. If I want to learn about anything, they have this new thing called the internet. It's going to be big. Thank you, Al Gore. Okay? And anything in the world you and I want to know, including brain surgery, we could go on YouTube and type it in, and we could probably, to some extent, learn it. Right. So then, if that's true, well, Kevin, you're saying that everything is on YouTube. Well, then, you know, why would somebody still hire you? Because of you. Yes. But <laughs> you bring so much more to the table. Right. Than just some stupid 60-minute training video, right? You know, it's it's the packet. That's why people need to understand that you are, you know, you watching me right now, not you, Ted, you totally get this, but it, the people watching me right now, you're a brand, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. You even work for a big company. I don't care if you work for yourself or if you work for IBM. Yeah, you're a brand. That's what part of what you and I teach a lot of people about is why it's so important to have a good LinkedIn profile, mm -hmm. right? Because that's your brand. That's you know, when people are thinking about doing business with you or referring business to you or hiring you or whatever, they're going to go look at your LinkedIn profile. Yes, they are. <laughs> Just like our parents told us when we were kids, you got a very short window of opportunity to make a good first impression. And you and I both know, Ted, because we train people on this and we've been doing it since the earth was cooling, that most people's LinkedIn profiles suck. Yes. 
but they don't suck as human beings but because we make first impressions when somebody looks at a LinkedIn profile and it doesn't clearly reflect the credibility and the knowledge and the expertise and the value that that person has what are they supposed to think they're not mind readers they're gonna make a value judgment based on your spelling errors and your you know your, your gaps in your work history and all this other stuff so it's so important that all of us now, whether you work for a big company, whether you're a solopreneur, I don't care what, I don't care if you're a garbage man and I'm not putting down garbage men. I tell my audiences all the time, I don't care what you do for a living, it is in your best interest to have a fully optimized LinkedIn profile that clearly reflects the value that you deliver to the world. Yeah, and you can't do it if you're working a job now and you're really comfortable here, I'm not looking for a job. The way companies come and go these days, yeah. you need to be ready. Yeah, because people are going to look at your profile right away and they see you're updating it, or they see it's ten-year-old information. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's uncommon sense to you and I because it's so obvious. But to as you know, to so many people that will watch this interview or hear us on radio or TV or wherever they hear us, the stuff that you and I are saying is just like you know, just falling out of our lips. This is like a revelation to a lot of people. Even still yeah. today, 13 years later, after LinkedIn got started, it still amazes me how many people in the business world don't fully understand that they need to be a brand. Yes. They need to have a clear representation of who they are and what they do. Right. That just seems so obvious, right? But it's not obvious. It's not obvious. So I guess we've been in this so long. It's just it's second nature to us. But. Can I can I tell you one of the stupidest things I ever said in my life? Sure. Two thousand and nine. I remember saying to my wife, "Beautiful." Her name's Karen, but I call her Beautiful. I remember saying to Beautiful in two thousand and nine. You know, Beautiful. I've been you know doing this LinkedIn stuff now for like six years because at that point it was about six years. And I had already left my corporate sales career and now I was a speaker and a trainer and all this other stuff. And I said, you know, I don't think anybody on earth is gonna pay me to teach them LinkedIn or social selling or any of this stuff after 2009. I, I don't think it's ever gonna happen because, <laughs> because it's just so unbelievably obvious that who the heck is gonna pay me to teach this stuff? Ted, I've said some stupid things in my life. <laughs> that's up toward the top because here we are in 2016 I've never been busier in my life right and, and I can't believe that in 2016 there's still a monstrous segment of the business community that has no clue the power of social selling whether it's LinkedIn Facebook Twitter Pinterest Instagram Periscope whatever they invent tomorrow yeah it doesn't matter but they don't they don't understand which is great job security for you and me, but they don't understand that these are just tools that business people can use to deliver more value or to sell, which is really the same thing, yeah. or, or to network or to whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. I just can't believe, you know, I can't believe that I didn't think that after 2009, anybody would ever pay me to do this because I figured everybody would figure it out. Well, they haven't. Oh no, it's changing too all the time now. So, it, it's but the good. thing that never changes is human nature. Yes. Right. So, all things being equal, people do business with and refer business to people who they know, like, and trust. Right. Yeah. All you and I are doing is showing people how to continue to help people create no like and trust, and we're just using the modern communication platform called social media. If you and I were doing this kind of stuff 30 years ago, we would have been talking about fax machines, right? Right. But it's not about the fax machine. It's not about LinkedIn. It's not about Facebook. It's about the conversation through the medium. Exactly. We just get to reach more people this way. Absolutely. I'd have no clue how the electronics inside my phone work, but I'm pretty good at conversations. Yeah. So I tell people all the time, you know, people say, you know, people probably say the same thing to you that they say to me. Yeah. I need to become a LinkedIn expert. And I say, well, you don't necessarily, do, you need to have a working knowledge of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You don't need to become a LinkedIn expert. Um, it doesn't matter how thick the phone book is if your phone skills suck. Right. So it's not about being a LinkedIn expert because if you were Hannibal Lecter before you got on LinkedIn, now you're just Hannibal Lecter on LinkedIn. Right. right? 
So it's about not only getting a working knowledge of how do I use things like LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, but how do I increase my conversation and relationship skills? Because when you do both of those, you never worry about business again for the rest of your life. Right. I have some people come to me and they say they want me to get them a thousand leads a month on LinkedIn. Like, you really need a thousand leads a month? Why don't you practice on closing some of these leads? <laughs> How many clients could you possibly work with? Yeah. And they just don't get it. They say, no, no, I need, I need more. Or the, the old cold calling. Call a hundred people a day. If you don't get a sale, call a hundred more. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Um, I do a lot of coaching. I do a lot of coaching both in social selling and relationship marketing. So I have a lot of people hire me to help them with things like LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff. I also do a lot of coaching completely unrelated to social media, life, life coaching, executive coaching, that kind of stuff. And kind of what you and I are talking about is one of the things you learn really quickly as a coach is when people tell you what their problem is, that's almost never their problem. <laughs> right. Yes. In the medical world, they call it the presenting symptom. Okay. I'm not a doctor, but I've watched enough doctor shows that I know that the presenting symptom, what's presenting? Oh, he's having heart palpitations. That's the presenting symptom. Right. Yeah. But that, the problem isn't that he's, I mean, yes, having heart palpitations is a problem, but what caused the heart palpitations? Let's, let's handle that right? Instead of trying to put band-aids on things. So when people are coming to you and saying, Ted, I need a, I need, I need a thousand leads a month. They don't even realize what they're saying. They're saying, I suck at creating, nurturing, and deepening relationships. Mm -hmm. And I have no clue that my success is contingent upon my ability to create, nurture, and deepen relationships. I think my success is contingent upon getting tons of leads into my pipeline because my closing ratio is so dismal yeah. that I need 50 million leads to, 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 to trick one person into buying from me. So if we can help the person with their conversation and their sales skills, they're not going to need a thousand leads a month. And what I find is when you take time to build these relationships, you don't focus on the selling, you focus on the conversations. You have longer term clients and they give you more referrals. They're happier. They're easier to work with. Instead of these people, they trick you. Like you say, they trick you into buying. I got your credit card. All right. I sold you the $2,000 internet marketing course. So I have one, a one word comment on that. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not on people's radar though. It's not, but it's so obvious. It's so obvious, but they don't see it. They don't see it. Yeah. They think it's all about, I got to be filling my pipeline. You know, you don't need to fill your pipeline. I mean, again, you have to take what I'm saying. I, you know, there's a paradox in what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes, you want to have a full pipeline. But if you're really good at conversations and delivering value, you don't need to talk to that many people to make some sales. Right. What, one of the things that I, I've really embraced and continue to embrace more and more in my life, especially in the last five to 10 years, is the whole concept of slowing down. Do you mind if I talk about this for a minute? Oh, no, that's a great thing to talk about. Um, it's very natural, especially with technology and social media and all this other stuff. It's very natural for us to go faster and faster and faster. And again, because I have a simple mind, I kind of noticed that when we slow down and we really connect with people, the likelihood of us doing business together is far greater than if we don't connect with people. And you can only connect with people to a certain degree if you're running Mach 5. Mm -hmm. Right. But when you slow down, which feels counterintuitive at first, but when you slow down, you really can connect more deeply and it shows the other person that you really are taking a sincere interest in them. Right. So while the rest of the world continues to speed up, I just find myself continuing to slow down. And the ironic thing is the slower I go, the more money I make. Mm -hmm. Now that's, that's an interesting conversation. 
everybody else is trying to go faster and faster and they're working harder and harder for less and less money I'm going slower and slower and I'm making more money than I ever made in my life so how do you slow down um, I really focus on one conversation at a time now that might sound weird when I say that when I'm with somebody and, and, and I think no matter how I answer your question, it's going to sound somewhat vague. So I'm not trying to be vague. Okay. I'm talking to you right now. I am fully 100% here with you right now. And you can feel. So you're not texting. <laughs> you can feel that I am really here with you. There's yes. a, there's a, when somebody really is with you, there's a feeling to that. And that feeling shows up, it manifests in different ways. So when you, when, when you know somebody really, when, when somebody is giving you their attention, you just naturally like them more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But to some people hearing me say that, they think that's a cool manipulation technique. No, I'm talking about being sincere. <laughs> right. So notice how you and I are talking right now, but I'm not sitting here going, uh, Ted, what, Ted? Uh, hang on a second. Hang on one second. Uh, 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 ask me that question again. No, I'm not distracted. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not, you know, I am here with you. Yep. And I can feel it, even though we're, you know, a thousand miles apart. So I when I can feel that when I'm with somebody, you made the comment early in our conversation that I use Facebook. Um, conversationally mm -hmm. and you're correct um, when somebody comments on something I post I click the like button which is my way of showing them that I'm acknowledging that I heard what they said yeah whether I agree with it or not there's people that I post things and they'll say something like you know Kevin you're an idiot right and I just click like right because what your opinion I have mine Exactly. Well, I'm only going to like the things that I agree with. Do you think I'm you think I'm that fragile? <laughs> Most people are, by the way. Okay, and I'm not trying to say that I'm some enlightened Buddha, but I, I want people to know that I'm acknowledging that I've read what they wrote. As goofy as that might sound, that makes the other person feel appreciated. So everything I do is about appreciation and it's about attention and taking a sincere interest in people. So when I say that I'm slowing down, I don't, I don't know if I'm answering it to your satisfaction or not, but I, I just I, I just connect deeply with people and I don't worry about, oh, I've got to get to 5,000 other people. If I don't get to them, if I don't get to them, I don't get to them. Yeah. But the person that I'm with I am fully with mm -hmm. and it all works out it all works out yeah Kevin you didn't get back to me in a timely manner so I'm not gonna do business with you okay yeah I, I send you love <laughs> that's yeah that's perfect right because if they're all upset you didn't respond fast enough I don't want to work with you as a client <laughs> okay, okay. You know, and, and one, and I'm going to, can I say one other weird thing? I've said a lot of weird things. Can I say another weird thing? Sure. One thing that I've really come to love and appreciate more and more over the years is the truth. Mm -hmm. Now, that might sound weird. What do you mean the truth? Kevin, I'm not willing to work with you because you didn't respond to me in a timely manner. We're trained innocently. How do I overcome that objection? Mm -hmm. Right. This is sales, right? Yeah. Let's remember that I was the top salesperson in the world for four companies, so I kind of know what I'm talking about. Okay. In the old days, I would exert mental energy trying to overcome that objection. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't anymore. The person that said that to me, they were right. Yeah. So I, so I acknowledge them. You're probably right. I didn't respond to you in a timely manner, and it's probably a lost opportunity for me. I'm sorry it worked out that way. I hope we have the opportunity to work together in the future, but if we don't, 
I send you nothing but love. Yeah. And I literally will say that to them, whether it's through email or through a letter. I guarantee you there's nobody else in their life that's being that honest with them. Yeah. So I like the truth. Even, I, even if I don't like the outcome of a situation, I just, I, I've developed a greater and greater appreciation for the truth, even if I don't like it sometimes. But I don't, I think, I think one of the, and we're going to get really, you know, woo-woo and down some psychological rabbit hole here. I think that most people's stress in life is actually only because they're denying the truth. Hmm. Because life, life is not stressful. Stress is usually a byproduct of trying to live or think in an alternate reality. Yeah. A lack of stress is just nothing more than being comfortable with reality. Even if you don't like a particular situation, you're not trying to deny it or live in an alternate. Was that way too woo-woo? Oh, no. No. It makes sense. Well, you're me. in San Francisco. You can handle it. So Exactly. So, I'm enlightened. <laughs> the, people, the people watching this in Tulsa, they're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Right? So, but the more that I have come to love the truth, I, I'm not trying to alter reality. I'm just, I'm, I'm living my, I, so when Kevin, you know, you don't respond to me in a timely manner. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. What am I going to do? Try and put, you know, put a shine on that turd? That's true. Right? Okay. It happens. It happens, right? So, I, but I find that most of the time, we we get all whacked out because we're trying to, we're not dealing with the truth. Right. So I just deal, I just deal with the truth. So your question was, Kevin, how do you slow down? Um, I connect with people deeply, and I live in the truth, and I don't worry about the outcome. Yeah, because I know things will out, have the outcome that they're supposed to have. Yeah, you can't control it. Just there's, you know what I kind of figured out years ago for me. There's really only two things that I can control. I can only control my work ethic, my my uh, my work ethic, and I can only control my attitude. Mm -hmm. That's it. Everything else is out of my control. Right. The reason that most salespeople stress out is because they're trying to control things that they have no ability to control. They're looking at that quota number every month. Got to hit the number. Got to do what it takes. The only thing that we can control is our work ethic and our and our attitude. And and ironically, that's all we ever need to control. Right. Because if we have the right work ethic, we're working our ass off. That's I didn't say ass, everybody. I said butt, but it sounded like ass. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So so, so um, we're working our butt off, and we show up with a good attitude. If we will do that, the right things will work, and in, in the long run, the right things will happen. Exactly. But the challenge is people are trying to play God. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to, so I, the farming analogy I always use is the only thing a farmer can control is the speed that they put on the ground and how often they put it on the ground. Mm -hmm. They can't control the rain. They can't control the sun. So again, all they can control is their work ethic and their attitude. Right. The moment a farmer tries to control the sun or the rain, that's a really good recipe for stress. Yeah. The moment that a salesperson, and again, there's a paradox in what I'm saying here. The moment that a salesperson starts trying to close the deal. Yeah. Before enough value has been exhibited to the prospect. They're trying to play God. Yeah. And if they have enough in the pipeline, they have enough conversations going with enough prospects and they're delivering enough value, just the natural law of nature, certain deals will close and certain deals won't close. Yep. But the reason that most people stress is because they don't have enough conversations, they don't have enough deals in the pipeline, and therefore they're trying to close the deals that really aren't quite ready to be closed which leads to friction and a lack of trust from the, you know, it leads, it doesn't lead to good things. 
Yeah. So when you're a mosquito in a nudist colony of opportunity, and you don't have commission breath, mm -hmm. and you have more business than you can handle because you've been paying it forward so much, then when people communicate with you, they don't get the feeling like this guy's really trying to close me for the simple reason that you're not really trying to close them. Right. Exactly. And again, it goes back to the truth. Do you know why the prospect feels comfortable? Because you feel comfortable. <laughs> right. Because you have not done the things that would lead them to be uncomfortable. The, the, the irony of everything that we're talking about right now is staggering. Yeah. Kevin, how do I get people to trust me more? All right, you might want to write this one down, okay? Here we go. How do you get people to trust you more? Um, exhibit trustworthy behavior. Next question. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can elaborate on that and make a 10-hour seminar out of it so you'll pay me a lot of money. But that's right. really the answer. Kevin, how do I get good at um, riding horses? Um, ride a lot of horses. Yeah. Um, Kevin, how do I get good at LinkedIn? Um, get on LinkedIn for 15 minutes a day and just start clicking buttons. You'll figure it out. Kevin, how do I get good at sales? Go on a lot of sales calls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> practice. How do you get good at anything? Right. You do it. You do it. Kevin, how do I get people to buy from me? Um, sell to somebody and then ask them why they bought from you and then go use that as a learning experience to try and help other people. Yeah. Right? It's so simple. simple. Success is so unbelievably friggin' and friggin's a New Jersey term of endearment. Success is so simple, but man, is failure hard. Yeah. It takes so much less energy to succeed than fail. It's also much easier to tell the truth, too. A lot less energy because you don't know, you know, you're making up those little white lies like, oh, what did I tell this guy? And what did I tell that guy? I, you know, I, I have, I have a bad, I don't have a good memory. And part of it is because I closed a lot of bars in the 80s. <laughs> and, um, and unlike Bill Clinton, who swears he didn't, I inhaled deeply mm. and frequently. Okay, so I got limit. I got limited brain cells underneath my Broncos cap. Okay, <laughs> for me, I love that I don't have to remember almost anything. Because I know if I tell you the truth, even if I forget it, which I probably will, at least I don't have to try to remember what I told you because it wasn't the truth. Right. I can just be honest and go, you know what? I forgot what I told you, but I'm pretty sure it was the truth. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's tell it. So fall, me falling in love with the truth. Right. Has had so many wonderful ramifications in my life because I have to remember nothing pretty much. <laughs> um, I wake up in the morning and I want to pay it forward and I want to help people and I want to love people. And ironically, that leads to more business than I can handle. Right. Um, I mean, what a wonderful way to live. It is. I love watching you on social media traveling the world. <laughs> That's fun. That's a lot of fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. If everybody has any questions, you can type them in the chat. We got a couple minutes left here. Kevin, this has been awesome. I love talking to you. I, we got to do this every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have our own show. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. So it is wonderful to speak with you, man. Any, any questions popping up there? No questions. That's okay. You solved all the worlds. Oh, you blew them away. You just. <laughs> They're totally freaked out right now. Well, we could just—I could just grab my guitar and we could just play some music, or you know, like we can tell jokes, or we can do whatever we want. So, how do you relax? I know you do guitar. You have a piano in your office there. Um, well, I'm pretty relaxed most of the time. Um, but you're probably asking me, what do I do when I'm not working? Yeah. Well, first off, can I give you my definition of work? Sure. Okay. Because I don't work. Um, my last day of work was June fifth, two thousand and nine. That was the day that I quit my last corporate sales job, okay? So I don't work, I play, I play for a living. Um, work, my definition of work is work is getting up at a time you don't wanna get up, to go someplace you don't wanna go, to see people you don't wanna see, to do something you don't wanna do for too little money. What I just described there was what most people do every single day. Mm -hmm. okay? So I don't live in that world anymore. I homie don't play that. I, I, I play for a living. I can't believe people pay me to do what I do. But when, I, when, I, when I'm not doing you know, the stuff that I do, I like to ski. I love to ski. I like to golf. Um, 
I like to cook. I like to cook gourmet meals. I like to play my piano. I like to play my bass and my guitar. See, there's a bass and a guitar there. There's my golf clubs. Okay. <laughs> um, um, I like to chase my wife around the house. Sometimes I catch her. I have three kids. I caught her three times. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I like to travel. Even when I'm not working, I like to travel. I, I mean, people tell me, isn't the travel a grind, Kev? No, it's great. I meet people everywhere that are wonderful. I stay in nice resorts. If you ever hear me complaining about travel, hit me in the face with a shovel, okay? <laughs> I like to travel. Um, I like wine. I like, uh, you know, I, I'm a normal guy. I like laying on the couch and watching football and baseball. I, I like to grill on my deck. I like naps. I know you like oh, to nap. Oh. I, I, I got to tell you, I, I get a nap in about five days a week. Nice. Um, and, it's, it, and it's important. It's important because, um, you know, because I think it is. So, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of naps. I like an, I like power nap. Um, I like music. I listen to a lot of music. I mean, I used to be a professional piano player in New York, so music's a big part of my life. I listen to opera. I'm a huge, I'm a raving opera fan. I love opera. But don't be fooled, people. I also like Tool and Metallica and Slayer and Megadeth. And, and yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, I got plenty of, you can't see it, but there's tons of yes over here. Hey, um, we got two questions for you. Yes. Well, Mark Muller says hello. Hey, Mark. And Stan wants to know, can you talk about moving from LinkedIn or Twitter connection to a phone call? I think you've covered that, but kind of summarize it. Um, well, it's kind of a vague question. And so I can probably only give a vague answer. You know, move from a LinkedIn to a phone call. Let me, let me answer at high level. And if that person wants to retype in a, a more detailed question, I'll be happy to answer it. Um, I use social media quite often as a reconnaissance tool. So, um, when I look at somebody's LinkedIn profile or I look at their Facebook account or Twitter account, I'm looking at that information to learn as much about them as I can, which I call taking a sincere interest, because I know that whatever conversation I'm going to have with them, I'm going to be able to have a better conversation with them the more I know about them. Okay? Mm -hmm. So one of the things you and I teach, Ted, is how to use social selling, right? And part of social selling is, you know, using things like LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter to gather sales intelligence. Okay? Right. So the more I can learn about somebody, the greater the likelihood that I'm going to have an effective conversation with them. Having said that, you know, I'm very active on social media, but I, if I want to have create a relationship with somebody, read that any way you want to read it, sell referrals, whatever that is. I am going to get to a phone call or a Skype call or a face-to-face cu -face cup of coffee as fast as I humanly can mm -hmm. because I know that the interaction is going to be a higher quality at the very least on a phone call than it is through an email chat or through a LinkedIn chat or a Facebook messenger. Right. So at the very least, I would want to get to the phone so they could hear my voice, they could hear my inflection, you know, you know it's like body language stuff, right? Yeah. Right. If I can get face to face, that's even better, right? Because now we're two people, and it's you know it's warm and it's friendly. Right. So, so when the person that asked that question says, "How do you go from a LinkedIn to what was the question again?" How do you go from LinkedIn or a Twitter connection to a phone call? Um, I pick up the phone and I dial it. So you engage them with all the conversations, like you said. You focus on that conversation, whatever it's Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook. You know, and it leads to a conversation on times. Hey, do you have a few minutes to talk on the phone? But, but I don't know if your viewers have figured this out, but fun is a big part of my life. And I've I noticed, hope they figured that out. I, I've noticed that the more fun I have, the more money I make, too. So there's a correlation there. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Um, if I have somebody that I really want to do business with, and I, and I see him on LinkedIn, I pick up the phone and I call. Okay. How old fashioned? Come on. <laughs> I'm an eight track player in a world of iPods, my friend. <laughs> if I really want to blow somebody's mind, they accept my LinkedIn invitation or I accept their LinkedIn invitation. And then I pick up my phone, I dial their phone, I dial their number, and I go, Hey, Ted, Kevin Canabal in Colorado, you just accepted my LinkedIn invitation 35 seconds ago. 
I'm in between meetings, so I only have 60 seconds. Now, sidebar, I make sure I say that so they don't think, holy crap, this guy's going to talk my ear off for the next three hours. Right. I've only got about 60 seconds between meetings. What's happening, man? What's going on in San Francisco? They're going, holy crap, this guy called. But you don't become the best salesperson in the world for four companies by doing the stupid sales things that most people do. Most salespeople suck. Okay. Yeah. Or as it says in the good book, they sucketh. Okay? So you gotta think outside the box. Well, first off, there is no box. Mm -hmm. right? If you put your phone number on your LinkedIn profile, I'm assuming you want me to call you. Right. Are you old enough to remember the show Taxi Ted? Oh god, yeah. Do yeah. you remember Reverend Jim? Yeah. Right? You're you know, Kevin, can I call them? Well, let me ask you a complicated question. Is their phone number on the LinkedIn profile? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is, Kevin. Pick up the phone, you idiot. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and it's much better than emailing them because it, it's, it does blow them away. Like, yeah. nobody does that. We don't have a scheduled call. Why are you calling me? Let's have some fun. You know what people need to do? They need to lighten the hell up. You said that in your bio that we got for this call here. You said, hey, Kevin likes to have a lot of fun, so pick up the phone and call him sometime. <laughs> have some fun. Timid salespeople have skinny kids. Okay? Awesome. Yeah. So you can't do, you can't be timid. You can't be like, oh, you know, like when I used to be in, in corporate sales and I did a lot of cold calling, not only on the phone, but I would literally walk down the street and walk into office buildings. Do you know which office buildings were my favorites? Which ones? The ones that have the sign by the front door that says no soliciting. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the best because 99% of the salespeople will see that sign and go, oh, I guess I can't go in there. Well, stay broke. Right? If I'm going to go fishing, I want to go where the fish are. So I walk in. I walk right in. I walk right up to the desk. Hi, my name's Kevin Knebel. I wanted to drop off something. And they go, you know, there's no soliciting. And I go, thank God, because the last thing I want is for you to try and sell me something. <laughs> and they laugh. And I laugh, and now we're building a relationship. I love it. People are, they're just way too tense. They're way too, you know, how, how, what's the right way? To, there is no right way. You're looking for results. Yeah. Do what creates results. Don't do what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is broke. Right. They're, they're broke because they're doing stupid, broke things. Watch what 99% of society does and go 180 degrees the opposite direction, and you will succeed. Yes. Because if you do what other people do, you're going to get what they have. Right. Most people aren't living from a pay it forward mentality. Most people aren't 99% by invitation and referral only. Most people aren't getting paid $20,000, $25,000 to talk for an hour. Most people aren't getting phone calls, hey, could you speak at the Atlantis? And not only that, we'll pay you to come to the Atlantis. That doesn't happen because you're doing things that everybody else is doing. Right. Exactly. Now, I'm not saying that to be cocky or arrogant. I'm saying that to wake somebody up who's watching this, who's got, who's thinking like, oh, you know, listen, you're looking for results. You need to think outside of the box and you right. need to have some fun because if you have fun, people can feel it and they like to do business with people that don't take themselves too seriously. Exactly. Right. So if I'm having a good time without being, you know, stupid, but if I'm, if I'm having a good time and the person can feel that I'm having a good time, which also translates into he doesn't need my business so I can feel more comfortable with Kev. Yeah. Kev doesn't have commission breath. Kev, Kev is just as good CEO as he is with the guy sitting next to him at the United Club bar at the airport. Right. Well, one of the biggest compliments I ever got, and I get this all the time from people. Kevin, you're exactly the same way off stage that you are on stage. And I say that's well, a thank God. <laughs> and I say that's a that surprises you. And they're like, yeah, because you know, a lot of times you see people on stage and they have this persona and all. And I go, look, I'm not that smart. I'm not smart enough to have two personalities. I can barely manage one. Okay. So, however I am, I'm the same way on stage in front of a crowd of a thousand people as I am at the John in the bathroom at the airport. Right. I don't have time to manage multiple personalities. That's schizophrenia. It's exhausting. So if I'm comfortable with who I am and I know that I can deliver value and I don't take myself too seriously, life just becomes a lot easier. So mm -hmm. 
Man, I'm yakking your ear off, Ted. Sorry. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> We're past the top of the hour, so I'll have to wrap this up. So how do people get in touch with you? I don't know. Social media, huh? <laughs> they send an anonymous letter to my house and tell me that I suck. Okay. Well, it's better than showing at your door, showing up at the door. <laughs> I've actually had a couple people show up at my door. When they oh show up with Merlot, I let them in. All right. So, so, um, thank you for asking. I'm very easy to find. I, I I've been outed from the witness relocation program a long time ago. Um, if they go to kevincanabel.com. Knebel is K-N-E-B-L. Could I please buy another vowel? Hang on one second. Let me get one of my business cards. I'll there we go. I'll hold it up to the screen. So that's me. I don't know if that's there back. There we go. So, wait, that's yeah. KevinKnebel.com. If they go to KevinKnebel.com, that's me and my face for radio. Okay. So um, if they go to KevinKnebel.com, they can easily get in contact with me there. If they want to uh, send me a LinkedIn invitation and mention that they saw me on your show, Ted, that'd be great. If they want to follow me on Facebook, my Facebook wall is pretty much a 24-7, 365 cocktail party, which is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, so they can follow me on Facebook. They can follow me on Twitter, and I'll follow them back. And Or they can follow me on Instagram. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much out of the witness reel. If somebody wants to get in contact with me, it's pretty simple, right? So, um, and, and I'm just extending my hand in friendship to anybody that's seeing this now live or at any point in the future. If you feel that there's some way that I could help you or add value to you or answer questions or share recipes or whatever it is that you feel like you would want to talk to me about, I'm a phone call or an email away. And okay, if you've got the free coaching Friday on Facebook, you've got anything I can, I'm, I'm all, about, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'm all about paying it forward. So um, any way that I can help, I don't have an agenda. If I have any agenda, my only agenda is adding value. Right. And, and, if I do that, things just work out the way they're supposed to work out. So, well, one last question. Yeah. Mark wants to know what kind of Merlot do you like? Um, <laughs> the red kind. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not a wine snob. I. Uh, I. I I'm, I'm not. So I, I drink all kinds of wine. And uh, two buck chuck. Here we come. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Kevin. This has been awesome. Thank you, Ted. It's, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to chat with me. Um, I love you, brother. You're a good man, and I hope that our paths cross in the same room at some point before too long. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll talk soon.